Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clinton. Welcome back, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. It is officially our week one recap slash week two setup. We'll do another show later in the week, of course, with our picks and everything else. But because um, we got to wait till tomorrow night after tonight's games are over to see if how badly I smoked these two in picks. But basically, uh, we are back. We had a crazy Sunday in football. We had uh, Baker and the Browns. Really proving their potential there. The only hard flex is Odell with that watch. Uh, Deshaun Jackson made his return. We had mobile quarterbacks tearing up the scene. And Antonio Brown, finally, hopefully, this saga is over. Praying, please. and uh, Or at least if, for this season. So, yeah, I am joined here by, of course, my co-hosts, Savannah Dean and Kevin Landley. Guys, let's get rocking and rolling. First off, the Titans smacked the living daylights out of the Browns yesterday. Derek, my boy Derrick Henry rocking up almost 30 fantasy points and 80 yards rushing and 75 yards receiving. Uh, Marcus Murray, three touchdown passes, and Baker Mayfield, three picks. Uh, Savannah, you're on the road right now. We'll start with you. What did you think of that game yesterday? Um, Honestly, I thought that the Browns were going to come out and kill it. I mean, their first drive, they went down – one of their first heads went down and scored a touchdown, and then they just fell apart after that. I just was so shocked and did not understand what happened. Kev? I'm just mostly surprised. I'm surprised how Baker didn't play well, but I'm very surprised that Mariota did play well. I think that's more surprising to me. If Baker kind of fizzled out, sophomore slump, but Mariota, three touchdowns, really shocking. Yeah, that hardly ever happens. Yeah, I know with Mariota, and it's always like either he's gonna be like like he always has like one touchdown, one pick, one rushing touchdown. It's usually his average stat line, and or he's hurt. <laughs> and basically, I I looked at that game. I kept checking in while I was trying not to have a heart attack in the first half of my Eagles game. And basically, it came down to lack of discipline. They had over 100 yards of penalties, and their offensive line was just hot trash. And it's not even like Tennessee's got a good pass rush. They're average at best. So they, I think they have Cameron Wake, who's a walking dinosaur at this point. And basically, it just was ugly from the start. And it, yeah, they had that touchdown to Njoku. By the way, Cedar Grove, New Jersey, shout out. Uh, basically, and also he's a hurricane. Basically, Baker just looked off. And it was, yeah, it was sophomore slump. But it, it was weird to me because his offensive line was total crap last year. And this year he had more weapons. I I, don't, I think maybe there was so much hype and it just got away from him. Because I think the Titans kept down and kept scoring, so Baker kept trying to play catch up. Some of those picks were just dumb luck, but other ones, one of them was just ter- the Malcolm Butler pick six was a tip. So honestly, 
that that one I could really just toss out in the air. That wasn't a bad decision. It wasn't a great throw, but it wasn't a bad decision. So uh, it just you know I think the Browns are going to be okay. I think they're going to be nine and seven, ten and six. But with judging how bad the Steelers performed last night, I would honestly think they still have a shot winning this division, at least making a wild card spot. <laughs> and with that in mind, we go to Sunday Night Football last night. And a little background noise, guys. So basically, I was doing a bunch of shit last night. I was uh, taking care of some stuff uh, in me and Kevin's Madden League, and I was doing some stuff around the house, go in my room, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I might as well check on the game. It's like 9.30, whatever. I usually I, – I just wasn't – I watched so much football that day. I was kind of just done. But basically, I check on it. It says 27 to 3. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I watched the Patriots drive down and get two more field goals. I'm like, this is just – it's so it reminded me so much of 04 Patriots, like when they just shellack everybody with that defense. I was blown away. And also, side note, Pittsburgh looked bad. Like bad. And I have my own comments, but I'll let you guys get started and we'll let the Patriots fans start because I swear to God he's probably chopping his nails off. Kevin, you happy this morning? Patriots give you a birth- good birthday present? This team is so good. Going into the offseason, it was a concern that their receiving core was de- wasn't was deep enough and had too many holes with Nikhil Harry going out. But then Josh Gordon comes back, and now they're adding A.B. This is going to be incredible. I'm so excited for this season. Tom Brady, 42, 341 passing yards, and a couple of deep balls, too, that looked That That filter set ball was gorgeous. That was gorgeous. One that wasn't so good. It was a decent throw. It was a pretty good throw, but I wish he didn't throw it. Josh Gordon into triple coverage. Well, Josh Gordon's also a monster. Oh, I don't get how he caught it. The safety's hitting him as it hits his hand, hands. And these are the kind of catches that I complain about in Madden saying they never happen. Well, I actually have a last call about Josh Gordon, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. But he's a freak. I love. He's one of my favorite. Not he's my he's my favorite player on the Patriots. I love Josh. Gordon. I'm so excited. It seems like he's. Back on the right course. I'm hoping he can stay healthy. And, but my biggest surprise from this game was in the post-game interview, Ben Roethlisberger just said, I wasn't good enough. And, I don't know, coming from Big Ben, I was a little surprised by that. Savannah, what'd you think? First of all, I always think, I wonder if Josh Gordon, like looking at the Browns now, I mean, obviously I know they fell on their ass, but I wonder if he thinks, like, if he wants to, like, be back with that team because of how well it looks on paper now. But I think that Big Ben also fell on his ass. I think that it's funny that everyone steps up and says that Juju's going to be this great receiver, and then he had, like, two catches and two targets last night or something like that, and he just literally could not even get away. He wasn't even double teamed. He just had Gilmore on him almost the whole game and could not get away. Well, Gilmore's- I think the looked absolutely amazing. Gilmore is a lock. Gilmore doesn't get enough credit for how much of a lockdown corner he is. He basically <laughs> can go. He, there's a, there's a like if your if your receiver is not like Dorsett, Deshaun Jackson, OBJ fast, he can basically lock your boy up. He did it to Alshon Jeffrey for the entire second, third quarter of that Super Bowl. Jeffrey, I think, didn't even have a catch until the fourth quarter after Gilmore switched over to him. And I watched again. Gilmore's just a good man-to-man lock you down corner. He is what we thought Josh Norman was going to be when he signed with Washington. But basically, that defense is so fast, and you hit it right on the head, Savannah. I 
was like asking the question. Everyone's like, oh, the Steelers are going to win the division. I'm like, you're trying to tell me that James Conner. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Steelers didn't make the playoffs last year without Le'Veon, right? And then on top of that, James Washington is really going to replace or even come close to replacing the attention Antonio Brown gets. Like, get real. This team is screwed. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I think. I think. Okay. Yeah. Kev, go. I think Juju <laughs> and James Conner are still really good players that any team would like to have, but as like a secondary option, neither of them, I think at this point, at least are good enough to be the focal points of an offense. No, Juju is a glorified number two receiver. He's a good number two receiver, but like his fame is is a lot more about marketing. It's a lot less actual football skill. And I think that's why I think people are like, oh, why is Juju so bad? It's because basically he is not – he's a good receiver. He's just – he's just not A.B. A.B. is one of the most talented receivers we've seen in the last 20 years, and he just is on a whole different level. Yep. All right, next up, speaking of A.B., he signed with the New England Patriots for one year, $15 million. And all I'm going to say is thank Jesus because basically I was done reporting. I was done reporting on this. I was done tweeting about it. I was done listening to it on NFL Network. It was driving me up a damn wall. And the fact that AB basically consulted social media people to get off the Raiders, I, I, I there's no doubt in my mind this guy basically was like, okay, Pittsburgh's going to trade me to Oakland. How fast can it go to get me out of Oakland? And the dude not only got himself out of Oakland, got an endorsement deal with a helmet company, and then got onto the Patriots. I don't think this dude could have had this plan go any better. And now the Patriots are basically going to be, like, as close to unstoppable as, 07, as their 07 team was. So, I want to tell you guys. Savannah, you can go first. I talked too much about the path last time. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just – why would you – I don't understand why he just wouldn't want to stay on the Raiders. Like, they don't have a very – they don't have deep receiving core at all, like – I mean, I know that their record hasn't been the best, like, lately, but wouldn't you want to, like, stand up and be the focal point of a team? Like, wouldn't you want to be the person that brings this team from a 4-12 and to a 12-4 and or something like that over the past couple of years? Like, why would you just want to, like, you're, like, pulling a Kevin Durant here, literally going to a multi-win team. Like, you're just joining a team that's already been winning already. Like, I don't understand why he wouldn't want to be part of, like, be the person that brings the team to the playoffs that hasn't been there in forever. Well, actually, somebody was on uh, Cowherd a couple days ago. Camera was a former. It was actually a former receiver. Oh no, 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 no. Was it Eric Dickerson or was it or was it Greg Jennings? It was a former NFL players were running back or receiver, and he said basically, AB's all about personal brand and how much money can he get before he retires. And with Oakland, it was all about the cash. And when he realized that this Oakland thing was not going to work, he was going to play a ton. He was going to hit a ton. He was going to be on a bad team. Because AB, as much as he may come off like a basket case, when it comes to football, he's a he's 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 the hardest worker on the field, and he's also really football smart. 
He probably looked at that Raiders team like, we're going to get – we there's no way in hell we're going to make it past the first round. And he wanted to go to a contender anyway. The guy's 30 years old. He wanted to go to a Philly, a Green Bay, and a New England. But, you know, Pittsburgh did, Pittsburgh sent him to Oakland. I guarantee New England and uh, Philly and Green Bay had better offers on the table. They just didn't take him because they wanted to ship him off to, like, no man's land. So, basically – AB was like, checkmate, I'm just going to pull this. And I mean, he, it probably didn't start off that way, but it was almost like, it's almost like it, it's a storybook like thing to happen. And I'm like, it's great. And you know what? Watch, like, he's like, he's like a kind of like a Revis on the Patriots. Like, he's good, but he's not like unstoppable. I I, I mean, I don't know. It could be like Chad Cinco on the Patriots. Like, he could just, like, you know just melt in and just not really be useful. I don't really know what's going to happen. He could also just become Randy Moss 2.0. So basically it's just, it comes down to him wanting a ring because he wasn't going to get one in Oakland. <clears throat> Oakland would have had to completely nuke their roster in like from start to finish, except for maybe a couple of their draft picks. So I, I, I don't think it's a, it was a great idea. I think it sucks, but I kind of see where I, where uh, Antonio was going. If you, Follow that part. Yeah. I think there's three reasons why he went – he didn't want to be in Oakland and would rather be in New England. One, Jared, like you said, he wants a ring. If you look at his career stats, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro, has led the league in touchdowns and receptions and receiving yards. He doesn't need to bring a 4-12 and team to 12-4 and to help his legacy. He needs a Super Bowl ring to help his legacy. The other reason – Anyone who would rather play with Derek Carr than Tom Brady is an idiot. I'm sorry. Nothing against Derek Carr. Seems like a nice guy. I like him. Tom Brady's just better. In Tom Brady's also the GOAT, but, you know. Yeah. Like, so it's nothing against Derek Carr. And I think the third reason is after all the issues and how things went down in Pittsburgh and then the helmet debacle and the foot debacle in Oakland, if – Antonio Brown can go to the Patriots and succeed, keep his head down, learn the playbook, and just produce. He will get one more monster contract in his career. And if he stayed in Oakland, I don't think he could have gotten that. Oh, no. He would have, it would have been like Randy Moss in Oakland. It would have just been a complete disaster. Because basically, the Oakland Raiders have not been a relevant organization since they fired John Gruden the first time. Wink, wink. Basically... <laughs> It's. I'm just predicting the future here. I'm giving it two or three years, and basically they're gonna can they're gonna can Gruden because that 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 whole organization from the top to bottom. I mean, I think Mayock's a good GM. I think Gruden's a great coach. I just think the team he inherited, and then getting rid of Mac and getting rid of Cooper. It's just like he's too all over the place, and that's what happened. Like you get rid of Cooper, but you go get AB. Yes, A.B. is a better receiver than Cooper, but Cooper shuts the F up in blocks and will actually show up to a training camp. While Khalil Mack, maybe one of the greatest pass rushers of the last 30 years, they replaced him with Cleveland Farrell, who may honestly be disgusting. We'll find out tonight, but I don't know. It's just the whole situation. A.B. was just it, – it's it's almost like – I don't even know how to describe it. I, I almost like it's a perfect kind of story. The only thing that would make this better – is if, like, he's just awful in that system. Like, at, like Josh Gordon has a Pro Bowl year, and so does uh, Julian Edelman, but basically Antonio Brown gets no targets. 
That'd be, I think only, that'd be the only thing that would make this better television. <clears throat> I think Antonio Brown is enough of an athletic freak that they might try to dumb down the playbook for him a little bit and just see how much, how far his athleticism can carry him. Fair. I think that's the only way he's gone. I think all this saying how the helmet thing, like I said, and the foot thing and being in pitch, it's just he wanted to get out of those situations. I think now that he's on a team that he thinks he can win with and wants to be with, he's going to shut up. It's just a question of whether or not he can learn the playbook. Which we saw with Chad Johnson was just not a thing to some players. Some players can't do it, and I get that, but – yeah, I think it's going to go – I think there's no chance that Antonio Brown is just an average player with the Patriots. I think he's either going to be great or be terrible. All right, fair enough. All right. Tom Brady's really going to be able to, like, split, like, throws with all those receivers, though? Like, you really think AB's going to get all the targets that he wants? I mean, he did, with Welker, yes. he did it with Welker, Stallworth, and Moss. Randy Moss scored 23 touchdowns in the 2007 season, and Wes Welker still had – a hundred receptions that year? Yeah, and Dante Stoller still had six touchdowns and 58 receptions. It wasn't like... And Josh Gordon just likes being in New England. Same with Julian Edelman. I think if they have to get their... If their targets go down a bit, I don't think they'll complain. And Nikhil Harry's a rookie, so he can't complain. Yeah, Nikhil Harry won't even be on the field until week eight. So we'll know if, it, if this Antonio Brown experience like is going to work or not. Next up... Uh, speaking of receivers, my boy made a great return this weekend. Deshaun Jackson, set eight catches, 150 yards plus, and two monstrosity touchdowns as the Eagles win 32-27 over the Redskins. Folks, the game really wasn't as close as it looked. It basically was the Eagles because all their starters basically sat in the preseason because they're taking a play out of the Rams and Patriots playbooks. Came out in the first quarter and looked Awful. It was bad. They were throwing checkdowns. They couldn't run the ball for crap. And the and their secondary looked slow and sluggish. And basically the Redskins were like, oh my god, we have a chance. They started chucking bombs. They got two lucky touch. That the Vernon Davis touchdown was ridiculous. What'd you say? I didn't say anything. Uh might have been Savannah. I didn't say anything. Wow, that You're was hearing things. I know I heard something glitch, but maybe I don't know. But anyway, basically the Vernon Davis touchdown was insane, and then the, the second touchdown, Ronald Darby's bit of a double move. There's really enough. There's like that's basically what happened. Oh no, it was Russell Douglas. Anyway, doesn't matter. Case came through two touchdowns, got a field goal, and basically then oh Carson Wentz woke up, chucks a 50-yard bomb to Jackson, and it looked pretty as hell. Then after halftime being down 20 to seven, Philadelphia lot, lot loads up two, no, three straight touchdown drives, and then kicks a field goal, seals and gets a two point conversion, seals the win. Basically, that's the story of the game. Wentz looked like on a roll. And last thing before we move on, because I'm not gonna, I promised myself I wouldn't gush about my Eagles too much. Watch out for Miles Sanders. This kid had six carries. Technically seven, and won't, that seventh was for a touchdown, but it got called back because Josh Norman flopped. Like, I was sitting next to a, Red, a Redskins fan. It was like three three houses, uh, not three houses, 
Drew Stoll was down for me, and he was just laughing because basically Norman pulled LeBron and just grabbed onto uh, grabbed onto JJ or Sega Whiteside's face mask, and then just fell backwards and made it look like a hold. Because Sa- this Sanders kid, he is like not like Saquon explosive, but he's close. This kid is a, a freak. He only got eight, he only got seven carries. Darren Sproles had like 23 carries total last night. It was ridiculous. But that that backfield of him, Howard and Sproles is going to be crazy. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Philly versus Washington? I am so mad that Washington couldn't hold on. Right. I was really hoping that Washington would win. Just after you said that you were so high on the Eagles all offseason, and you said how the U after the Florida game was going to win it, win out and make it to the ACC championship. I was, you it, know, I'm trying to avoid that topic, Kevin. Would you just shut up? It would be the, it would have been the best birthday weekend if a- I got to see the U lose to North Carolina and the Eagles lose to the Redskins. You're such a. That would have been the best birthday present from the universe. <laughs> You're such an asshole. Yep. Uh, oh, oh but. In all seriousness, is it that surprising that DJX tore it up? <laughs> no. Like, it's cool to see back in an Eagles uniform him doing great, but the guy, when he's playing all – when he's healthy and playing all the games, he's been dominant, even with subpar quarterback it's, play. But it, now you give him a quarterback who's actually good and has a cannon oh, instead of like – and not going to be incredible. And not having the brain that, that is a potato like James Winston. <clears throat> you really – if you look at his targets from last year, the second Winston took over for Fitzpatrick, his targets, like, nosedived. Yeah. So, I don't know. Savannah, what did you think of the game? I was honestly really shocked when I saw that the Redskins were winning. Um, I don't think that they're, like, the greatest team. But I'm also not shocked that Philly was able to come back and win. I feel like that's the type of team that they are, and I feel like Carson Wentz was able to show that he can bring the team and come back and stuff like that. I think he's a good quarterback and showed that showed the world like because he's getting hurt, he's gotten hurt and Nick Foles has just took that team to is like to the playoffs and where they need to be. So I feel like a lot of people have put doubts on Carson Wentz even though he did have that almost MVP season. So I think that he came out and showed what kind of quarterback he really is. A healthy Carson Wentz is a dangerous Carson Wentz. That's what we'll leave it at. Next up Cardinals and Lions. Now, I never thought I'd talk about this game, except for it ended in the goddamn tie. Oh, my God. I'm so mad. Can we just change the rule? Can it just be a kickoff? Literally, like, uh, like literally the kickers line up from, like, the 30, and just they'll go, like, the penalty kicks and just wait until somebody shanks one? Seriously, like, it's so stupid to me. This is, like, the dumbest thing on the planet. Like, this is... The NFL, either that or they need to go, like, sudden, de- sudden death inside the 10-yard line. Like, you, like, like overtime rules inside the 10-yard line. Like, if you get a stop or if you give up the ball or even if you score, you still got to hold them. Like, you, it, or, like, something like this. Like, they got to change this. This is ridiculous because switch to college rules. Even better because that's I how love Army, college like, overtime. Oh, my God. That Army game had me so hopeful for an upset. Uh yeah, no, but anyway, it, it was it was crazy to me because <laughs> Kyler Murray and I have been, you know I have been ripping Kyler Murray all preseason. I was like, oh, he's gonna be a bust. He's switching back to baseball. 
Dude was balling. I, I'm going to admit I was wrong, at least for this week, man. Like, whoo, kid's throwing strikes, and he's just hitting his targets, and he's throwing accurate passes. He got with the Larry Fitz. And I was like, all right, I see you. Like, okay, I feel wrong. And my division winner, Detroit Lions, disappointing me. Like, who could have seen that coming? The Lions sucking. Well, I mean, I did predict Mitch Trubisky was going to be hot garbage, and then everyone else in the universe jumped on my bandwagon. Not I. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you also are a Packers fan, so that kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> but, like, even, like, everyone from, like, Cowherd to, like, Joel Klatt was like, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's not good. And I'm like, been saying this for a damn year. Got Had Bears fans attacking me on Twitter because I told David to his face that the, Mitch Trubisky's garbage. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, Stafford is still better than Andrew Luck. What's up, Mark? Because <laughs> Stafford actually played. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, yeah, but I like when um his team, he needed to get the ball downfield. His team needed just to get yardage to try and get in the field goal range or something. And he promptly threw it 10 yards out of bounds. Matthew Stafford beat Matthew Stafford. Oh, God. I just, you know, this game was just so bad. And I, I saw – and the worst part is I won in fantasy in my paid league because Marvin Jones caught a garbage time catch that didn't really amount to anything, but it basically got me enough points because of his reception that I won my game this week because <laughs> I was up I, – I was down by three points, and I checked just now before we came on the air, and it says I won by, like, a point and a half, and neither of us have any guys left to play. I was like, oh, that's too good. So, you know what? I'm just – I'm excited. The only point on this I got to make is Kyler Murray. Actually see – I mean, I don't know because this is week one. Like, I, I want to, like, you know, jump on and, like, rip the Lions, but they could have just had a bad week. Like, the problem is with these predictions right now, we can't – like, the whole script will be flipped in about two weeks. Like, God forbid something happens to – like Brady or we or the Eagles lose Jeffrey or Jackson or Wentz or Peters or whatever or the the Packers lose Rodgers or you know or Devonte Adams like or, you know the Bears you know lose Trubisky and go undefeated basically like we don't know what's gonna happen like the Lions could win 15 straight after this we it proved it with the Colts last year the Colts started off what 0 and three and it still ended up making the playoffs or 0 and four. So, I don't know. It, it, this is the hard part of week one. I'm just reacting to this stuff at this point. Uh, what do you guys got about Kyler Murray, his performance yesterday? Oh, yeah. I I don't know because I saw, like, they only had, like, what, less than 50 yards of offense in, like, the whole first half or, or something like that. Yeah. And was, I was just like, yeah, I was like, great. Like, he's literally, Kyler Murray's a bust, just like I was saying, like, not that I was happy about it because, you know, they were facing the Lions, so I wanted him to do well. So I was happy that he came back. I was happy that he, like, looked good. But there's just so much hype for him. I still think that even though he kind of brought his team back, like Larry Fitzgerald obviously helped him. I don't really think they would have been able to tie the game if it wasn't even for Larry at all. I think he deserves, like, way more credit than he's getting for this game. I think Kyler did well in the, in the fourth quarter. I think he looked really good. He didn't look shaken at all. I think that's the thing that people don't – he has that, like, 
poise that you see with Rodgers, with Wentz, with Brady, with Big Ben, Breeze, Russell Wilson. He has that poise, like the like the not shaken, like he doesn't get rattled. And I was kind of like, I was watching the, I was watching the highlights. I kind of like went back, started watching like some other plays. I was like, holy crap, this kid. If he gets an O line in front of him, might be decent. And I'm like, I might have been really wrong about this. And I'm like, shit. Because the kid, he just, he's not, he's not a fear. And not like Baker wakes up feeling dangerous. I mean, this kid is seeing the field and making good throws when it matters most. So I don't know. He definitely has something that Mar- a guy like Mariota does not. So, all right. Speaking of mobile quarterbacks, we witnessed the massacre in Miami yesterday. Um, uh, Ravens dropped in a 50-burger on the uh, the Dolphins, and it was ugly as hell. You had Lamar Jackson throwing it to Hollywood Brown for two touchdowns. I sat Hollywood Brown like an idiot. It didn't matter because I ended up winning that game anyway, but oh, my God. Like, the, the, the Dolphins are just... I can't tell what, if the Dolphins are just so bad that, like, the that they would lose to Alabama. Yes, Kevin, I know you love that analogy. I and, don't know if they would. Uh, I, know, I know, I'm joking because they're pro, they're professionals. But, like, if they're so bad that it might actually be a close game or they're, like, so like, – or the Ravens are that good. I can't tell. That's the problem with this week. But the Ravens just looked like – Lamar Jackson was just throwing great balls yesterday. He just he looked like a pocket passer, and it was something that I did not expect to see this early in his career. I think two things. I think one of the nice things about his stat line is that he rushed for what six yards, I think. And he said, "Not bad for a running back." Yeah, he, three carries for six yards. And the issue with mobile quarterbacks sometimes they'll have big games, but that's because teams are watching for the run. But if he's only carrying the ball three times a game, you would hope that Brian Flores would make adjustments. All right, we don't really have to worry about him running as much. Try to stop the pass first. And the fact that he didn't, he still dominated is really good to see. I do think it's a little tainted just because it was the Dolphins. Wait until they play the Seahawks or the Patriots even to see if he can still keep up. I think he'll do fine against those teams, but I think that's when we'll really be able to see the kind of player that Lamar Jackson is. I was really, I was really shocked with how this game turned out. Um, I know Hollywood Brown kind of had some issues like in the preseason with getting hurt and stuff. I just cannot believe he had the – I can't believe both of them had the game that they did. I mean, yeah, they did good last season, made the playoffs and stuff, but – I was complete. I was just shocked by this team. I mean, and they literally made a look with how the Steelers, with how the Steelers uh, played and how the Browns played. I just it made it literally look like Lamar Jackson could take this team to win the division and possibly win an MVP. Literally. Yeah, basically, I just – like, that whole division just makes no sense at this point. You had the Bengals who took, like, the Seahawks the distance, and then you throw in the fact that the Browns sucked, the Steelers sucked. Uh, like, I, the NFC North just makes no sense to me at this point. AFC North, but eh, it's only week one. I guess we have to talk now about Zeke and Dak and the Cowgirls. They uh, 
smacked the living daylights out of the Giants yesterday. I was talking to my buddy this morning. He's an Eagle. He's um, he's not an Eagle. He's an Atlanta fan. Bring up Atlanta too. Oh God, that was a pick I fucked up. Um, basically, yeah. I, I think I, everyone did. Yeah, I did not. Atlanta just looked like defeated, and it, uh, Minnesota was just imposing their will on them. But basically, Cowboys. We knew they were gonna throw. They were gonna go ape on the Giants. Giants are just absolutely terrible. That defense. The defense looks just like Swiss cheese. Eli, you know, being Eli, and their one their long, one low moment was Saquon's long run that set up an Evan Ingram tu- Evan Ingram touchdown. I was just kind of it was just at this point I'm like the, the the game was expected. Why did they run Saquon more? Like, I literally, I know they want to run their other running back and stuff, but why was he not getting the ball like he was last season? Or, like, I don't understand. I feel like they could have scored a little bit more points if they would have actually put him in the game more. I think with the Saquon, they won't. They were down a lot, so they probably were in a lot of empty sets, and that's probably what led to it, because that was the one game I did, the one late game I didn't watch, because I had all the other ones up at the bar, because I knew how that one was going to go. Well, basically, Dak looked good, looked accurate. Um, Kellen Moore's play calling has been like all the rage today on every talk show from here to Texas. But basically, um, yeah, Cowboys gonna be good. Giants gonna be Giants mega one and fifteen this year if they keep Eli in. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Like they may be the worst team in football because I thought the Bengals were, but the Bengals like legit were swinging haymakers at the Seahawks yesterday. Are the Bengals better than we thought, or the, are the Seahawks worse than we thought? I think the Bengals are better. Like, John Ross looked like he does in our Madden League, Kevin. Like, he was just balling out. Yeah, I mean, good for the Bengals. I still – I think that's how a lot of their games will go. I still think they're going to lose a bunch of games. Oh, this probably goes 6-10, and 5-11, but it's going to be like – I will improve my prediction for them to 3-13. and 13. I think they're good enough to stay in games, but I don't think they're good enough to win games still. Um, next you know what I'm really annoyed about? I'll tell you. Sorry, this has nothing to do with the Bengals. But I'm really annoyed that everybody is so going off about Dak Prescott because, oh, he needs a, he needs a new contract. Like, it's imminent now and stuff. Like, yeah, he didn't he end with, like, a perfect passer rating or something, but they yeah, literally Lamar, played the Lamar Jackson had a perfect passer rating. Dak was close, though. He was, like, ten points off. Yeah, like, they literally played the Giants. Like, I cannot wait until they actually play, like, a decently good team that everybody has winning double-digit games. Like, like I the Packer, don't think Packers, Bills, yeah, yeah. It may, like, I don't think it's as phenomenal as they did ye- or yesterday as they will the rest of the season. Well, here's the beautiful thing about week one is that the morons that work on the big networks, not all of them, but there are a few. I'm not going to name names or name networks because I feel like that screwed me when I had an interview at one of those networks when they checked on my podcast. Basically, overreaction is how you sell in media right now, at least for the ADHD, ADHD generation that we are. Basically, as a kid who has ADHD, I, enjoy, I, 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 uh, I approve this message. But basically, it's overreactions. That's all week one is. I'm not – talk to me week three. 
talk to me when you're when your Packers play the Cowboys, and then in Week Six when we, when my boys walk into Arlington and curb stomp the Cowboys for four out for three hours and fly back to Philadelphia. Basically, like then talk to me about how good the Cowboys look. Right. Let it, let's see him play a real pass rush. I don't think the Cowboys are going anywhere. Looking at their schedule, I see them going three and zero to start the season. Oh yeah. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they finished eight and eight. Yeah, their schedule is so weird. It's so back heavy. It's not even that kind of is back. It's also just middle heavy though. Yeah, like they like it could they could just honestly lose like five straight games in the middle of their season. Well, like something like that's a morale killer. Yep. So, It'll be fun to watch. Oh yeah, definitely. So last game we're gonna cover because I mean if we really want to ch- talk Chargers Colts, Jacoby Brissett looked great. I I think the Colts are gonna be a lot better than we thought. I agree. I think they're gonna go eight and eight. They they honestly might be better. Like that division, the AFC South, depending on what Houston does or what they are doing right now, and I will give everyone a scoring update. But basically, I'm looking at this division. If Jacksonville gets Foles back, and you look at Tennessee, who's not as bad as we thought they were, this season, like the winner of this division could go nine and seven, basically, and the rest could go eight and eight, seven and nine. It's gonna be just a dog fight to the end. But uh, yeah, that's... I can see even without uh Foles, I can still see the Jaguars being competitive and winning games. Well, they got the kid out of out of uh, Washington State, and if there's one thing Washington State quarterbacks can do is sling the pigskin. Like these dudes just rope balls down the field. Yeah, because I mean, Mike Leach is air raid offense. I don't even think Mike Leach knows what a running back is. Two hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. I know it was against the Chiefs' god awful defense, but still. I know. Is it a fifth round pick? Yeah, and he's got a good running back next to him. It's not like he's got like just a and like his receivers aren't terrible either. Chris Connolly and Marquise, Marquise Lee are not bad receivers. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens with uh, the Jet, this AFC South. It's going to be really interesting as, like, they play their, their their rival games and stuff later in the season. By the way, it is 6 nothing Houston. Uh, please be Hopkins. Please be Hopkins. Please be Hopkins. Please don't be Hopkins. Uh... Watson. Yeah, it was Sean Watson rushing touchdown. I need DeAndre Hopkins to have a horrible game, but I also need Josh Jacobs to have the greatest game in the history of running backs to win <laughs> one of my games. I need I need DeAndre Hopkins to play an average game so I can beat beat my cousin to fantasy. Oh, now I don't know if I want DeAndre Hopkins to do well. <laughs> now it's a toss up. I want to win my game, but I also want you to win your game. He listens to our show. Good. Andrew, I hope you lose. My my team, the Gravely Riders, will mow over the competition. Last one we got to talk. I mean, we can talk San Francisco Tampa Bay quick. I'm, like, going through all the games in my head right now, and basically I'm looking at this game. It was Jameis Winston throws a lot of interceptions, and the, and the 49ers like, okay. Yeah, it, there's not much to talk about. Tampa Bay is who we thought they were. They suck. <laughs> Thanks, Delaney Walker. You're welcome. And last but not least, the game that shocked everybody is basically, I think it was like 90% of America had the Falcons winning. I had them as a sleeper Super Bowl team, or at least NFC-like contender. Uh, 
got shellacked by Dalvin Cook in the Vikings. And why I say Dalvin Cook first, Dalvin Cook had most of their offense. They threw the ball 10 times. I don't Since Tim Tebow, I don't think that was possible. But yeah, my boy Dalvin Cook cleaned up for me in my fantasy league, so it was salvageable. But uh, I was just it, – it, it just – I don't know where to start with the Falcons because it just looked – their offense looked like anemic, and that Vikings defense just looked like they were on a gear higher than them the entire game. Now, you could chalk this up to them just being rusty. We'll see what happens next week when they when the Falcons uh, think they take on – oh, crap, I had this. I was looking at their schedule before. The Eagles. Yeah, they're going to get smoked. So they're going to own too. Okay. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why that? I knew who they were playing, but yeah, they played the Eagles on Sunday night. But basically, I don't know. This was Atlanta's game to win, and they basically got shellacked. What do you guys think? I think it's hysterical that they're paying so much money to Kirk Cousins just to hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook because that's how they're going to win games. Just let Dalvin Cook be Dalvin Cook and feed him the rock. I watched that man single-handedly destroy my Hurricanes defense for four straight years. He is a very good running back. And I just – well, Kirk Cousins, you know, has the single greatest robbery in Minnesota State history, but – Also I, true. Yeah. Savannah, what would you think of the game? Um, I'm really sad that my team's won. And I'm also really sad that Dalvin Cook did so well because as a Packers fan, that scares me. But I also think Atlanta, like, was laughable in this game. Like, I have them pick the win. Like, I have them, pick, I have them going 10-6 and six in the season. But now I'm kind of regretting that. Like, they did not look like the team that I thought that they were going to come out and look like. So, as you said, is this just rust or is this just – or is that just how they're going to look? And it scares me. I feel like this is how they're going to look all season. Well, only time's really going to tell with this. Basically – we're going to have to wait and see because, like, Atlanta now plays Philadelphia next week, and I think after that they have a divisional game, if I'm correct. That's what I was looking at, Kevin. Uh, no, they don't play anyone in their division. Oh, geez, for a while. Wow, really? Oh, yeah, no. I, I, Saints, November 10th. Youch. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the Falcons schedule right now. They play week three. They play the Colts. Wrong South, but I mean they could. That might be that might be their first win, and they might they might go one three. I don't know. The Falcons to me, they need to figure out their identity on offense. Are they going to run the ball or like with Devontae Freeman now he's healthier and they keep trying to chuck it to their million their billion dollar man Julio Jones. So uh, it's it, the Falcons are a mystery to me. Their defense just looked terrible though. Austin Hooper had a decent game though. Like Fun I said, fact. he might. Fun fact of the day. Kevin was right about something. Kevin, so uh, unless you have any weird shit in sports, I'm going to go in the last call. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about Antonio Brown. (laughs) There it is. All right. Last call. Let's kick that smooth jazz, ladies and germs. Uh, So we talked about Josh Gordon earlier, and I have been a fan of Josh Gordon since he burst onto the scene in Cleveland. I love his game. I like big physical vertical receivers. They're so much fun to watch. And basically, this if you don't know Josh Gordon's story, the dude basically was raking in cash, selling drugs at Baylor, was just, you know, always high at Browns. I mean, you're playing for the Browns and they're terrible. I wouldn't blame you for wanting to be high all the time. All jokes aside, I am so happy to see him turn his life around. 
The kid is a pure talent receiver, and the fact that he's playing for the Patriots scares the living bejesus out of me, but I cannot think of a better organization for him to go to where he will get... It's like going or... It's like playing football. It's like doing your job at rehab. Basically, the cleanest organization on the planet when it comes to player, like, BS is the Patriots. Like, there's no distractions. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady keep that ship run tight. The only other teams I could throw out maybe are, like, you know, Green Bay, Philly, Baltimore... Like, teams that are, like, you know, very tradition-based are not going to, like, you know, allow BS in the locker room. So, basically, as much as – sometimes I see, like – I know a lot of Cleveland Browns fans, and they're like, oh, Gordon's going to be out by week three with suspension. I'm like, why would you root for that? Seriously. Like, let the guy succeed just because he, he sucks because you guys are a garbage organization for, like, the last 20 years. Don't hate the kid. He's trying to get his life together. I am rooting for Josh Gordon actively. I th- I really hope he, this is like, even if like New England has him for two years, he signs a massive deal somewhere else. Even if it's like you know like the, the Chargers, he still cleans up and has an amazing career. The kid is so talented not to have not to be a top ten receiver, which he has the talent to be clearly. So that about wraps it up for us guys. Forty five minutes, quick one today. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to break down how many wins ahead of, I am of Savannah and Kevin. Mark will not participate this week because um, of his uh, schedule, but he will be back next week to contribute to be fourth place in picks. Uh, also, we didn't talk uh, – last quick thing last call. We didn't talk uh, Panthers and Chargers I and mean, Panthers and Rams. Cam uh, didn't look like garbage. His, all, his outfit looked even worse. And the Rams used Todd Droid on the stretch, and they spared cares of him and Mal- uh, the kid Brown. He's Malcolm Brown. So, that's it. That's Packers all I got. Have defense. <laughs> the Packers have a defense. Yes, the Packers have a defense. <laughs> Either that or Mitch Trubisky was just so bad they could have made like they could have made anybody look good on defense. I don't well, know. Just, well, we'll see next. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we'll see next week when they actually hopefully play a legitimate offense. But that wraps up. Patriots the- have everything. Oh, shut up. Clever. Yeah, I know. It's getting annoying already. That about wraps up for me and, and, the, and the crew over here. Be sure to check us out on IG and Twitter. Like my great post outro will say in about 30 seconds. Falls, of course, on Twitter as well. Our names are all in the bio. And we'll see you guys later in the week. Oh, by the way, dropping a podcast this week. It is our – they're called the Sunday Special. Even though I'm releasing it on Monday. Don't judge. Uh, I sat down with former Miami Heat assistant coach um, Tony. I cannot pronounce his name, and I feel like a dink saying it. Tony Fiorentino. That's it. Make sure I pronounce that right. Yep, Tony Fiorentino. He was an assistant coach for the Heat and the Miami Soul. Broadcasted for them for a, over a decade and a half. Been in the Heat organization's entire since the 80s when they started. It was a great conversation. You guys should check it out. I'm Jared. That's Savannah. I guess that's Kevin. We'll see you guys later in the week. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Podcast.